Today on the CMO Series podcast, we're going to be talking about taking a campaign approach to legal content marketing. The guest that we have on today's CMO series is uh, a, a, an amazing guest. Um, we met uh, back at MPF in uh, the lovely Terranea Resort back in January, I think. Um, so I'm really uh, pleased to welcome Ashley Horn, uh, the Chief Marketing Officer at Womble Bond Dickinson, to discuss this topic. Uh, welcome, Ashley. Thanks so much. Great to be here. So we met, as I said, um, back in January. Uh, at the, the sun-bleached resort of Terranea. It was so beautiful. Just for the, the listeners, could you give me a little bit of background about, to start with, A, how you became uh, to be in the role that you're in, but then also uh, tell us a little about the traditional approach to content marketing that you've taken at the firm as well. It's a two-pronged question. Absolutely. Um, a little bit about my background. So I came with a kind of PR communications background and was always drawn to to content um, from a very kind of early start in my career. Went into professional services marketing and spent a number of years at KPMG and a smaller consulting firm and found, you know, the art of content marketing and really serving up value to clients through meaningful, relevant, timely content was, you know, that was kind of a product for us. So um, that brought me to Womble. Womble was looking for a CMO uh, four years ago. Honestly, I led with my, my vision and, and point of view on campaigns and how they can bring groups like attorneys together to collaborate and to go to market together. And so that, that's what landed me the CMO role at Womble. Um, so I've been here nearly four years. You know, I'd say when it was a little different going from consulting into legal marketing into a law firm, you know, in a consulting environment, I felt that folks were a little bit, it was more natural for them to collaborate on content topics. And when I entered into the law firm world, content marketing really was all about, you know, client alerts and attorneys spending a little bit of their time to get out a quick, you know, relevant client alert, but there wasn't as much teaming and there wasn't as much thematic campaign approaches um, as I was accustomed to. So I would say uh, the traditional approach has been more siloed, uh, more based on that one attorney's specific experience um, and certainly what they see in the marketplace. I really look forward uh, to working with my team to change that approach. It was a huge challenge, but it was one that we were excited about. Um, interesting, because I remember sitting in on your session at uh, MPF, and that was when I first heard you talking about this um, campaign-led approach to the content marketing. Can you remember, or is there a specific sort of point that you think you realized there was an alternative way of doing things um, and recognizing that that campaign-led approach was more effective than, than perhaps others? Uh, there may be more than one moment that you can think of. Yeah, you know, and there, you're probably right. There were kind of a, a dozen of, you know, ahas along the way. But the one that I, that I go back to in my memory would be when the pandemic hit. I think the second everything began to transpire, we realized as a law firm, we had a lot of knowledge to provide to our clients. And we needed to do that in a really rapid fire way. 
And we needed to do it in a very well coordinated way. So it couldn't just be, you know, every attorney, again, in a silo, providing that knowledge from their own vantage point, we needed to come together to collaborate with one voice and provide, again, the really meaningful um, thought leadership uh, that our clients needed. So during COVID, we had somewhat of a task force, a cross-practice, certainly cross-industry group of attorneys uh, who met very regularly. And they, you know, not only reviewed all the content that attorneys wanted to publish, but they also scanned kind of client sentiment, what are folks, you know, wanting to hear more about and what should we be publishing on? So that was the first start to realizing, gosh, this is so much more effective. It's more valuable for our clients. And it also, again, creates that teaming atmosphere uh, across, you know, the attorney base. The task force sounds, makes it sound uh, quite serious and sort of almost like a police force. Um, but right, I, I'm, right. I'm assuming it was, it's not quite that serious. It wasn't. I have to constantly remind our attorneys we're not seeking to um, police or be, you know, kind of the the no kidding, the the no, you cannot publish that. We're just seeking to improve and to help. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's that's funny. I think the word task force probably does have that connotation. I'm sure it does to some people, but 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 also it's necessary to have it in place. That's right. I totally agree. You also spoke previously about the editorial board and bringing the attorneys together. Was that a significant moment in in this campaign and perhaps quite unique for the marketing team and attorneys to be working together in that way? Yeah, absolutely. And so truly our COVID task force evolved into a firm-wide editorial board. So we realized the gold that we found with this cross-practice team of attorneys and we said, gosh, why don't we do this for all, you know, campaigns, if you will. They, of course, didn't call it that at the time, but for, for the content we, we go to market with. So we developed this editorial board. We have a terrific chair in Mark Enriquez. He is a very marketing forward leader, and he runs actually his own podcast series called um, In-House Roundhouse, and he's just a terrific kind of gifted attorney we love working with. So we developed this editorial board um, with a main objective of saying, what are the major topics that we want to go to market with that we want to kind of expand on when it comes to really interesting thought leadership? Um, And this team of attorneys, the editorial board, then really thinks through who are all the attorneys who could talk about this. And they kind of do a lot of the legwork and thinking hey, you know, I think this attorney has the perfect experience. They worked on this kind of client. And that peer-to-peer ask is so much more valuable than marketing saying, hey, can you write, you know, a white paper on this? I mean, we just, the buy-in was at such a rapid pace versus marketing trying to shove a campaign at, you know, a ton of very busy lawyers. Did you find it a... um a bit of an uphill battle or was it pretty simple to get the attorneys to be buying into this concept as well? You know, it really was not an uphill battle. Just if we think about, okay, what are the first things you did? We, of course, um, built the editorial board. Again, we had a really passionate chair in Mark and then we 
thought, okay, we need a diverse group of attorneys. So let's look through, you know, who from corporate, who from this geography. And then we really went to a layer of, and how active are they on LinkedIn? Are they sharing content? Are they, you know, are they passionate about content marketing? So then once we have that editorial board formed, the next challenge is uh, ensuring that other attorneys kind of buy into the campaign process and that they help the editorial board actually develop the content. And you would think that would be quite tough too, but it was as simple as Mark sending out somewhat of a, you know, a brief, a creative brief, if you will. This is what we're going to have the first campaign center around. Here's kind of the topic. Here are the clients that would be interested. Here's some of the topics we imagine that our clients would want to hear about. And we actually survey our clients to get to that granular topic uh, list. And then we we send out kind of a firm-wide communication that says, do you want to be part of this? And the number of lawyers that come back to the editorial board saying, raising their hand saying, I'd love to write on this or do a webinar on this was pretty impressive. Um, certainly there was a little bit of chasing where we said, gosh, we know we need this supply chain topic and we know this team of attorneys are the best ones. They're really busy. So we're going to have to chase them a bit. But I would say generally it wasn't an uphill battle. It was a lot easier than I ever expected it would be. I think that's probably quite a relief to you as well, isn't it? Oh, yes. It was, <laughs> it, again, when you have that peer-to-peer -peer ask, it is a lot easier than uh, a functional head begging people to do something. So it was great. And I think also the um, the importance of knowing what the client or potential client wants to see, read, hear is, is occasionally forgotten. And that's the important the important place to start is what do they want and then base it around that. That is I, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. actually, Ed, um, we, with the current campaign we're running, and, and we could talk a little bit about that called Growing Global, we did send an end of the year survey um, to our client base and, and asked them, you know, hey, A, it reminded them that we are very dedicated to providing relevant and thoughtful thought leadership. So it was somewhat of a marketing tactic, but then too, we wanted to hear from them. What are the topics that you're most interested in the coming year? And so we, our current campaign really is totally custom built around those topics that we heard uh, that our clients were most interested in. I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask if there was uh of any headline campaigns that you were going to talk to that you could talk to us about what do they actually look like at a tactical level and and from your team's point of view is there is there a set uh plan that you have of going about it or does it vary a little bit with each campaign you know i would say today it's it's actually somewhat formula built um kay neiman who is our director of communication and campaigns has it down to somewhat of a, a kind of science more than art, which it certainly was more art than science at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But as I said, you know, how we involve the attorneys and after we've kind of um, surveyed our clients on what they're most interested in, then it really goes into somewhat of a white space analysis. So we do some competitive, you know, intelligence research to see where is our sweet spot with this thought leadership perspective? Where can we womble, fit in? Uh, we don't want to be like the rest. So there is some of that analysis at the beginning. And then we provide that brief to the editorial board on, 
here are some of the topics, here's where we think we can fit in. Uh, again, then it's you know going out to the masses and saying, hey, we're running this campaign for four months. You begin really fundamentally to build a calendar. You know, one kind of tip and trick that uh, we we definitely used throughout the pandemic, but we find that it's a terrific way uh, to go forward. And it's something that you're doing right now is uh, attorneys find it much easier to to kind of talk through topics versus always sitting down and, you know, putting pen to paper that just is a bit more labor intensive. Right. So we always offer webinars, podcast recordings to kind of get the thoughts down. And then uh, we utilize a staff writer to then ensure that that's in all the different types of vehicles that our clients would be interested in. So whether that's kind of a written perspective piece or client alert, et cetera. Um, we're even using right now voice-generated AI. So uh, taking the written word, right, a quick client alert, and then turning that into a podcast recording. So um, those are some of the fundamentals of how we get the content built. And then from the marketing perspective, when it comes to amplification or activating, uh, the thought pieces, we have a terrific digital team. We have a great BD strategy team. So that's when the entire team collaborates on, okay, what is our channel strategy? Where do we find that this audience prefers to consume their content? We do, you know, even some A-B testing to understand is LinkedIn the best channel for us or should we consider more of a nurture email campaign? So that is all, you know, not formulaic. That changes a little bit and it should as kind of a modern marketing team. But that's kind of the fun part where we kind of can go off on our own as a small marketing agency within a big law firm and kind of, you know, uh, look at different approaches. I'm glad that there is some fun parts to it. <laughs> it's what keeps it more interesting. And also, I'm glad you, you mentioned that you're using uh, AI already. It's a, such a hot topic at the moment. And I know that there's some um, people very fearful of it and some that really want to jump two feet first into it. So I'm glad you mentioned that, that you're already utilizing it because there, there's many uses already um, and there's, it's only right. going to get better. That's right. And we have a terrific um, partner. He's our OMP in San Francisco, Chris Mammon, who um, is truly a thought expert on that. And, and he came to our team, gosh, a few months ago and said, hey, could we give this a shot with kind of the voice generation? And, and our digital director is just so terrific and said, absolutely. And over a weekend, they kind of had a new process in place. So I, I always say that Womble is a very entrepreneurial uh, atmosphere. I know every kind of professional services firm says that, but it really is true at a firm of our size. So it's been it's been fun to experiment and not kind of have shackles saying, oh gosh, no, we need that to be approved by, you know, 500 different divisions first. Maybe a leader in the, uh, in the industry, at least with the AI usage, um, which is a great thing. I uh, hope so. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any <laughs> any highlights uh, of taking this campaign approach to content marketing? Are, th are there any real things that you can pinpoint and say, yeah, this is one of the best things that's come out of it? That's a great question. I'm going to go a little to the soft side instead of the total kind of nerdy metrics of it. <laughs> Certainly, it's been a success with our clients. I mean, that, you know, but we all assume that and we hope that what we're doing, you know, is, is important to our clients. So 
Not that we take that for granted, but that absolutely um, has been the case. I'll say on the softer side, what I enjoy most about this campaign approach, about the editorial board and about the firm's dedication to kind of this content marketing process is the teaming, is the number of attorneys that we involve in the process. Certainly there are programs like client feedback and um, you know your BD planning where you are reaching out to a broad swath of, of attorneys. But really from a marketing perspective, this campaign approach is the most inclusive approach that we have. And it's so fun to see attorneys who have never worked together you know, one's West Coast, one is in Boston, working together on this campaign, whether it's a webinar, whether, you know, it's an in-person event or a white paper or a a survey, working together. And then we had our first all-attorney meeting in quite a while this year and seeing those folks connect and have that instant camaraderie, connection and friendship and then seeing them go to market together and serve clients and think of each other when pitches are coming up and proposals, that to me is the holy grail. It's been the most exciting part of this process uh, for me to kind of witness this is really a teaming and a collaboration vehicle as much as it is providing really meaningful value to our clients. I think uh, key word there is collaboration uh, and making sure that it is that joint effort rather than sort of marketing, pushing the attorneys into one one corner or the attorneys vice versa, sort of saying, no, this is how it's going to go. I'm glad that, you know, that collaborative effort makes a, such a big difference. That's right. I, I couldn't agree more. It's been fantastic to sort of dig a little bit deeper into this, this content marketing campaign that you have. And I remember listening to the session, as I said earlier, um, back in January and I immediately jumped on the opportunity to say Ashley we need to have a chat um, <laughs> because it, it, it coincides with kind of where Passel is going as well the interesting part when we get towards the end of this podcast is we then say uh, the question that we ask everybody is what would be your one piece of advice to other marketing leaders to take this campaign approach to their content marketing and because of where Passel stands in this I'm going to be listening so intently to this answer yeah, I think the one piece of advice and not to sound duplicative of what I've said before, but is really kind of rally and inspire the, the early adopters. And that goes for anything we do in marketing. But um, we found the most success in having an attorney led editorial board that were passionate about the process. Um, again, that takes that uphill right out of it. And you're just skating once you can find kind of a group that are as passionate um, about what you are doing as you are. So that's, that's just, I think, been the golden ticket for us is, you know, not trying to be uh, marketing led campaigns, but really firm led and it's a team sport. And so that would be my biggest advice. And that's where this editorial board has just been so so helpful and useful. And it's what I talk to a lot of other CMOs about. Um, and I think all of our lights go off on how we could then, you know, uh, thread this through other uh, programs and initiatives we have at the firm. It's um, it's great to hear you say these things because it's it's kind of, as I say, the same drum that we may be beating at the, at the same time. 
So actually, now we're going to do the quick fire round, a couple of questions, uh, just to get a little bit um, more information about yourself. Uh, I'm going to start with what's your favorite business and non-business book? My favorite business book, I, I hearken back to Good to Great by Jim Collins, and it's such a basic book that we can all remember. But on the fir very first board I was on, we read it, and there were just a number of huge ahas for me. Uh, one being that hedgehog concept, and it's a concept I carry with me, uh, you know, in my own personal life, but then certainly throughout my career. In terms of my favorite non-business book, that's a tough one. I, I, I would say Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger, only because it's the first book I remember just devouring um, and really, you know, it was in high school, I think my AP English class in it really just brought the love of reading um, into my life. I think Catcher in the Rye is a great choice. And I, th I also think somebody else on our podcast has said good to great before as well. So um, oh, funny. that, that maybe is a, also a great choice as well. <laughs> mm -hmm. Actually, this is always an interesting question in the quickfire round. What was your first job? My first job, other than babysitting, which I did from a very young age, was bagging groceries at Publix. And talk about, you know, becoming a marketer and learning the art of conversation. That was it. Well, that's an interesting one, actually. That's interesting that you've sort of put that flip side on it, that that's where maybe the marketing and uh, yeah. life started. <laughs> that's right. What is it that makes you happy at work? Definitely working within a team environment makes me the most fulfilled. I think working with my team and finding what drives them and how they can find their own purpose, um, that's what I love the most at the end of the day. I think that's such a great answer. It's definitely something that's come up before when people say the team and the people they work with. Uh, and I think that that's a really good thing that people say that. That's uh, right. What is it that you're listening to at the moment? And that could be maybe a podcast, an audio book, um, or, or music. Yeah, Out by the Pool. My husband is a huge Grateful Dead <laughs> fan, so I feel like that's all we've listened to all summer. But um, in terms of podcasts, I love HBR's Women at Work. I am an avid subscriber and listen to all their new episodes. And then I also love a, a good true crime podcast, so I'm listening to King Road killings about those Idaho unfortunate uh, incident at Idaho University. Oh, yes. There seems to be a, a real kick on true crime at the moment. That's right. Where's your favorite place to visit and why? Generally the beach. And I think it provides just that kind of relaxation for me, while also keeping my two young boys occupied. Uh, growing up, I went to this small little island called Balboa Island, which is in California. So that's kind of where I go in my memories. Um, I went there every summer with my dad. And, um, you know, I, I have just fond memories of that place. I think everybody loves the beach. I, I can't I can't fault you for that answer that's at right. all. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly. Uh, Ashley, it's been utterly fantastic to have you on the podcast. I know it's been uh, a few months in the making, and I'm really happy that we got to sit down and have this conversation. I'm sure we could keep it going for probably another like hour. 
Oh, it's been terrific. I, I appreciate speaking with you all. I love what you do. And it's been just wonderful to, to think more about this, about what we've done. So thank you. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Ashley. We'll speak soon and maybe see you in Atlanta in, the, in a month or so. Perfect. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you.